your video is off, Shark. What are you doing? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was texting. That's what I was doing. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to Just talk like the past two minutes <laughs> about um, something completely different. And today, <laughs> we we have been invaded by the very aggressive nation to America's north, a a an imperial state of warmongers and you know economic imperialists who do nothing but put their boot on peace-loving nations like America and try to remake these nations in their own just hedonistic, debauched image. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Johnny Lim, how about you give yourself a bit of a, (laughs) who are you and why are you? Oh my God. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, I'm Johnny, Johnny Lim. I'm Canadian, unfortunately. Um, and I'm invading because I don't know. I think it'd be funny. (laughs) uh the movie so the movie the film canadian bacon came up on this podcast once and i was driving uh and in my car and and aaron was talking about how like he didn't quite remember what went down and i was i got like i got verbally aggressive with the podcast (laughs) because i was like how do you not know what's happening so the americans go up into canada to try to stave off this like supposed invasion <laughs> see i mean uh, i'm just spitting facts yeah i'm spitting truths so anyway r.i.p john candy but yeah. yeah no my name's johnny um my pronouns don't exist um did you know that <laughs> okay <laughs> did you know that pronouns don't exist i you know i i'd heard uh that science i saw it on developing the, the, the pronoun bomb yeah <laughs> that was going to eliminate it's, all pronouns from existence dropping it everywhere or yeah. you know clustering like something that i shouldn't talk about okay this like, sounds so like a bit but like two months ago a woman said joe biden wanted to destroy all pronouns what the <laughs> real thing that someone oh, said I, 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 how, <laughs> that's fantastic but for wise uh, probably because he was like don't hate crime trans people or something i don't know <laughs> so like, he wants to destroy all pronouns does yeah. that trigger you joe biden when i say he <laughs> probably so mm. anyway no but for real my pronouns actually are i don't really mind any kind uh usually <laughs> um because i don't believe in gender anyway um i am also i'm an avid comic book reader uh, i'm an aspiring comic book writer uh spectrum enjoyer i like that one um as in in it's uh, insofar as i have eating probably so spectrum enjoyer you guys can okay. have that uh, <laughs> yeah we'll we'll file that away <laughs> into the things that we can throw into running gags and... <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I put that out on the internet once and I was like, I'm proud of that. No one's going to think that's funny, but me, but I like that. So anyway, (laughs) that's how I'm going to describe my neurodivergency. A brief (laughs) summary of all podcast, everything I ever (laughs) made. Yeah, exactly. I'll find this funny. No one else will like it. 
Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so, so Johnny, you and I have known each other for quite I was a long thinking time. about this almost 20 years at this point. Yeah. It's been which I think is longer than both Rachel and Rob and uh, Shark have been alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Combined. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. It's very weird doing a podcast with preteens, but you know, <laughs> you know, this is, this is where we're at now. It happens. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So we, we met each other in, uh, in the homeland, uh, Canterbury. Yeah. Uh, and oh, that led into father, a, a very man. good uh, podcast that uh, was stricken down by God, which is why no one can ever find it again. What podcast is that? That was the, the Bullet Reviews. That was a podcast? You were on the podcast. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yes, you no, were. No, there were multiple things that you were doing on that podcast. What? I thought, no, I thought it was you. I mean, it was primarily like, other people, but you were on the podcast. I wrote the thing, but anyway, wow. All right. Well, Wait, are you saying you had a podcast Listen, 20 years ago? I No, yeah. no, there was, that was, no, that that was, was like 10 years ago. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. We had a website, Bullet Reviews, and we reviewed movies and comics and tv shows and things like that and we're uh, video games and such and uh turned into a podcast and i decided to stop to focus on my web comic which really was just an excuse to stop and focus on alcohol <laughs> <laughs> so, that's more than that's most likely reason if there's, a, if there's why one thing i've learned about being a web comic creator it's that alcoholism is like a key part of the process so absolutely i don't know how <laughs> i would have done it otherwise i don't know how i would have given up on the web comic otherwise but yeah, yeah no yeah um so yeah uh th- just wanted to talk about Watchmen. Aaron was so kind as to invite me on the podcast after I annoy him enough to have him invite me on the podcast. It's it's a pretty easy thing to do. I get annoyed yeah. very easily. So and, this yeah. I've known for so long. It's yeah. just a button now. And, yeah. and Aaron loves Zack Snyder, the creator of the Watchmen. So the creator of Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, he, he originated. He, I think he he inked did the lines and the scripting yeah for the comic he did the pages he did the pages he did the the and like he started it up in the 50s when it was still like a Uh uh, a newspaper strip you can shut up now (laughs) (laughs) the watchman is a three-panal newspaper comic (laughs) the watch slog isn't it what was that my favorite bit is annoying th- th- people about things they love. So yeah, no, I kind of, I kind of knew that was going to happen. Coming and this, and so. Rachel is just a I'm very ready. pleasant person. Yeah, who, yeah. Who legitimately wants the best pleasant. for people. Yeah, we're all she's here to learn about what you love. You know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The counterweight to, to the three assholes on this podcast at the moment. Wait, I'm not an asshole. Yes, you are. You're yeah. a friend of mine. You're an asshole. Yeah, no, that's very much. I forgot to put that in my little intro thing. Um, oh, you're going to sing yeah. the entirety of Dennis Leary's I'm an Asshole? No. Oh. I don't know who that is. Dennis, he was the comedian. I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> he was on that. Not the comedian from Watchmen. Fahrenheit the Watchmen. Yeah, the, the, Fahrenheit wa- the Watching Man. Show? The Watching Man. The Watching okay. Man. No, but yeah, so I'm going to actually talk about Watchmen. It's just called Watchmen, not The Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, they're they're big fans of watches. I'm not a yeah. huge Zack Snyder person, so I wouldn't know. Neither am I. Um, <laughs> no. So Watchmen was a comic. It was uh, published in 1986 by DC. 
Uh, it was written by a guy named Alan Moore, who we're going to talk a lot about uh, out here. Big old illustrated... wizard man. Yes, big old wizard man, but we'll get to that. Um, yep. It was illustrated by a fellow named Dave Gibbons and colored by John Higgins. And they're all British dudes doing an American comic, um, which we'll also get into a bit. So anyway, thanks for having me. Um, yeah. It started, it, it was DC originally, right? This wasn't like an imprint. Yeah. Thing? Okay. No. The, I think I may talk about that later. Okay. I don't remember if it's in the script or not, but Vertigo came after. That's the one I was thinking book. of. Okay. Yeah, cool. Vertigo came. Yeah. Um, like so, yep. <laughs> exactly. <Yep. laughs> it's a great movie. Um, <laughs> you want so, to talk about Hitchcock? <laughs> I would love to, but not right now. Okay. So, I guess uh, first, um, well, I've done my intro. Uh, and now I just kind of want to open it up to you uh, about, okay, what do you know about comic books? Also, who the hell are you? <laughs> but I've not yet right. met Rachel or uh, Robert, so I want to get these properly. Yeah, so I'll go first person. because yeah. I don't know anything about comics. I'm oh, really? okay. I'm Rachel. It's nice to meet you. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And like many topics that we cover on this podcast, I have no prior knowledge. I didn't None whatsoever. into them when I was younger. Like I've never gotten into them as an adult. Um, but I know that a lot of people do love them like yourself. So um, yeah, it's just been fun kind of learning about this before we came on today. So I'm excited to hear what oh, you did say. like, Wait, so you did like prior research on comic books? I watched the movie. Um, oh, and you watched just the movie? did a little bit of uh, yeah. a little but, bit of googling, but yeah, right on the flawless yeah. film. <laughs> it was made by the inventor of the Watchman. Yeah, of the Watchman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, listener, I am smashing my eyes. Closed we got a face rub. Hey, first face rub. Oh, yeah. Twenty minutes in. <laughs> uh okay oh, so and then I we've am, got i'm robert uh mostly go by shark sure. any pronoun is fine um sure. and yeah so in terms of comic books i was a nerd with no friends for i guess i'm 27 um so <laughs> yeah, 27 yeah. years yeah for the past 27 yeah. years um so i have like love Mar love a lot of the marvel stuff not the movies the like mm -hmm. comics they ruined mm -hmm. civil war if you watch the movie the civil war story yeah i haven't read that one yet good um and of course i mean everybody you can't can you be a nerd and not read alan moore you have to i don't think it's possible yeah. i i came close to never reading alan moore i what? think wow. so when i was growing up I, like there was a dude next door who worked for a like a print shop and mm -hmm. they had this, I think one of their product product lines was like the trade paperbacks for yeah. some comics. Like he would just come over and dump like boxes of stuff off mm -hmm. for me. So like my, I read some comic books, but it, I had no context for any so of them. You, but you had unfettered access to free comic books. I had you, no interest in them aside from what got bitch. dumped off. Like I, <laughs> I, That's I, incredible though. I didn't know yeah. that. So when I read, I think it was Age of Apocalypse, the X-Men thing, but yeah, it yeah. went completely over my head because I knew yeah. very little about these characters aside from the Super NES game and the stuff in the yeah. arcade. Um, and that's basically, I, I, I was, I did read a little bit of Spider-Man, mm -hmm. but not a lot. And I, yeah. my, my, my nerdery for a very long time was nerdery. like, was like, that's a good one. 
old like uh kind of the the literature canon i guess and then okay ancient yeah. history the classics yeah the classics and then ancient history so okay. i would make quizzes oh, yeah. about medieval stuff <laughs> and give them to people i would i had a lot of friends everyone thought i was cool honestly and then, that's <laughs> how i feel like i was too so, yeah. Like, yeah. and then it wasn't okay. until i met you in right. uh in canterbury yeah that i got even marginally into comics because it like i remember really? going to iron man with you and our friend steven R.I.P. and you guys were talking about all the stuff that they were referencing in that movie and i was just sitting there like oh sure yeah so huh. that's I that's I when i, I got know. into alan moore and all that kind of stuff so like most of my yeah knowledge was like the video games that came out on super sure. nes 64 sure. and gamecube that makes sense I that's wild that. i i did not know yep. that I, I i introduced you in a way to comic books in a bigger yep. way yeah because that was my big thing you know um uh, always has been since i was like the age of 12 or so i wanted to like get draw comic books and stuff and when i was 12 you had guys like rob liefeld todd mcfarlane bringing in millions of dollars pre-9-11 comic books was like a viable career path and then uh yeah, yeah. just a lot of a lot, school, there were a lot of viable career paths out there there were so many yeah oh. <laughs> And now it's what a world. just tech. Yeah, now you tech. just can build websites for a living. Yeah, that's yeah, the only that's, job. Yeah, yeah, I run social media marketing. Yeah. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I do love exciting. that comics are like such an industry devoid of heart or soul in terms of like how to survive that Bill Watterson, the best person who's yeah, ever yes. lived, was like, I Calvin have to get out of this yeah. industry. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the best the, like the only reasonable artist that's ever existed in any <laughs> medium and he was like i can't I, do this anymore I, johnny and i have a lot of texts back and forth where we're it devolves into screaming about stan lee yeah um, oh God. my my favorite idea right now is that someone should go back into every marvel movie and mm-hmm. superimpose a screaming jack kirby head <laughs> just orbiting stan lee every time he's on screen Yes, please. I would love that. That would be fantastic. King Kirby. King Kirby. He's King called Kirby. King Kirby for a reason. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been reading comic books for quite a while now, but I never really got fully into the superhero stuff. Oddly enough, the first real superhero kind of series that I ever really picked up on was uh, Nightwing, which is what uh, is a character. It was originally he was Robin and then he grew mm-hmm. up and he said, fuck Batman. And he moved to bloodhaven new jersey which is somehow a worse place than gotham new jersey <laughs> um and yes gotham is canonically in new jersey so now it explains really okay. really yes i yeah, thought yeah. I, I didn't know they ever specified that they don't usually but there's okay. a there's been panels and you know where they cut to uh, they cut away to a map and it's like it's on the east coast of the united states yeah um metropolis is usually a stand-in for like new york city Gotham is usually a standard for Camden, New Jersey. Okay. <laughs> so, and so, yeah. fun fact: I don't know if either of you, any of you follow women's soccer, but there's a the soccer I don't team. Don't follow East sports Coast. whatsoever. But <laughs> um, this Gotham FC, and it's for the New York, New Jersey region. Oh, that makes so yeah. much sense. Yeah. I did not know that. That's cool. So yeah, um, yeah, I, that's I'm, I'm that type of nerd though, where I never got into sports or anything. It was just comic books and whatever could fill in my head. Uh, as far as like imaginative worlds. Um, and so I got uh, I got into Watchmen in high school 
um, and I borrowed it from a friend. We were in a band together, and uh, <laughs> we were in a Christian band. We were called The Incomprehensible, and uh, <laughs> I got sent home this comic book, The Watchmen. I'm sorry, Watchmen. <laughs> yes, I did it. No, we did it. <laughs> Watchmen by Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, and John Higgins. I got home and I sat on my bed and I read pretty much the entire thing about a week, which is pretty easy to do with a comic book, um, <laughs> especially one that's only about twelve issues. But uh, so I, I finished the end of the fourth chapter, or maybe I was like halfway through it, um, and then I was called to dinner. And I ate dinner that night in a kind of like existential fugue state because <laughs> what this comic book introduced to me was like actual kind of adult real world concepts that are entirely devoid in the usual comic books that you would pick up off the shelf and just read. Um, and we'll get a lot more into that. But as I said, I was a naive young Christian and uh, it was in those dark years of piety that I didn't think much more about anything <laughs> other than God, church, punk rock, and comics. Dark years of piety is the next uh, Devin Townsend album. Incredible yeah. band name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dark years of piety. Um, and so you read Watchmen and were like, wait, is Ronald yeah. Reagan bad? I didn't even honestly know who that guy was. Oh, you're Canadian. Bless it. Bless it. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it was really weird coming up as a Canadian in the States, like having moved here when I was 10, because one, they never taught me what the imperial system was in terms for measuring. So I was just kind of sitting around waiting for them to tell me what was on the other side of the, of the ruler. Uh, (laughs) And then eventually in sixth grade, they did metric. And I was like, wait, I missed something. (laughs) And yeah, I've spent most of my life um, kind of catching up with the rest of the world, uh, you know, being both Canadian and a Christian and kind of coming in from this like really weird avenue um, of just like growing up existing kind of state. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I read that comic. I read Watchmen and I gave it back to my friend. Uh, and then it was years later I got into college. Like, this is trash. Never talk to me again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved it. But I was like, wow, this is heavy stuff. You know, and I was like 16 at the time. And then I so I give up, give it back, you know, as a good person. Uh, then I buy my own copy when I'm in college and I read it for the second time. And I I was like starting to understand it a, bit, a little bit more. And so I uh, let I loaned it out to a couple of my other friends in college and they gave it back to me and they're like saying just how much uh, they enjoyed the book. They even pointed out certain things that I kind of didn't really notice. Like there's one issue that is completely mirrored from front to back from beginning to end. It's uh, the the structure of the panels and everything. It completely mirrors itself. It's the, Oh, cool. Uh, nice I forget which chapter. I forget which issue it is, but is it? <laughs> it's uh, the the title of the chapter slash issue is "Fearful Symmetry" or "Fearful yeah. well, Symmetry" that after that. After that, so <laughs> yeah, and and so these guys pointed all this stuff out to me. We were, like we were having good, really cool conversations. I was like, wow, these guys like actually get it. And it turns out they be they they were white supremacists the entire oh, no. time. Oh, no. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. It eventually I, came down yikes. to like they were discussing how um unattractive I'm putting this in, in as light of terms as possible, but sure. they were discussing how unattractive they found the black 
um, Sports Illustrated model for the bikini annual issue thing, and uh, to to oh. very to just uh, disgusting degrees. And I was like, wait a minute, whoa! whoa, whoa. So ha- they read this book. Warshak like, has some great ideas. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, we're getting to that. But you know, it blew my mind. I was like, how could this have happened? How does a book like Watchmen, which is written by a, a stringent anti-racist anarchist and, and self-proclaimed <laughs> self-proclaimed wizard? How did they read this so wrong? Wait, does he call himself a wizard or a warlock? I can't remember. I think remember. he calls himself a wizard. Okay. <laughs> or no, he calls himself a magician, actually. Magician. Um, All right. Yeah. But uh so slash I was like, druid slash just man of forest. Whatever. Yeah, man of <laughs> Man of Northampton. <laughs> but I was like, the satire has to be obvious. Yeah. Well, so, you did not know that at the time, though. I did not know this at the time. You thought satire was an effective means of critique. Oh, boy, did I ever. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a deep dive into Watchmen. I will attempt to examine the hows and whys of its frequent misinterpretations, uh, of course, involving my own analysis analysis of the text. So take it all with a grain of salt. I'm not exactly a Watchmen scholar or a Moore scholar, um, but... I feel As like I was if someone were, this, were to go up to Alan Moore and say that, yeah, I'm a Moore scholar, he would refuse he, to talk to them. He would walk like, away from you and disappear into the ether. And, you, yeah. and somehow you would just forget all knowledge yeah. of Alan Moore. Yeah. He would do something to your brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to cite Alan Moore as often as possible. Um, these days, I'm not so much a Christian. I'm also not so much a naive 20 something year old with uh, accidental white supremacist friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it happens to all of us, especially yeah. if you grew up in anywhere that was uh, Christian influenced. Yeah. Uh, it's weird how a, a Jewish dude from uh, the Levant somehow manages to inspire uh, the Roman method of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about Christianity. We're talking about Watchmen. Um, yeah, I've I've learned some new things ever since I last read it, which I think was uh, I later on so. in university. Yeah. Was... Um, I've also oh, one thing I didn't quite touch on is um, you know what? Never mind. Cut that. Cut okay. that. Cut that. Okay. Cut that. Hey, Shark. Instead of cutting that, can you repeat it three times and and amp it up in volume amplify it every time, time. Yeah. distort yeah. it each time yeah yeah um yeah. but yeah so i'm gonna also ask things like is ma- is ma- is maturity required uh for reading watchmen accurately i think it might be mm. is understanding philosophy a prerequisite a prerequisite that word sucks anyway <laughs> yes i think it might be um and of course <laughs> what what core courses uh, in university, mm. at the university level, does one need to have had uh, taken in order to read Watchmen correctly? Uh, who, who the fuck knows? All right. But um, so, yeah, I'm hoping to answer all these questions and more as today's guest host of the right end of part one. <laughs> You're assuming that we have our shit together enough to edit in <laughs> part breaks. <laughs> Vacuuming. I like that. Well, we sometimes have part breaks. Sometimes. It's sometimes. whether we decide that we're just yeah. doing like a two-hour <laughs> read on the history of all of the internet, for example. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually perfect timing with uh, Rachel's uh, little message there about vacuum, though. Yeah. 
now we can kind of maintain a somewhat coherent discussion. That's that's absurd. Facts. We do our best. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Fact cast. cast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So ready to get into this. Let's fucking Let's go. go. Let's fucking go. Part fucking two. Go. <laughs> okay. Part two. Seduction of the innocent. So we need some context. Um, especially you define each term with in three different contexts. I don't know what you mean. I don't know either. Just seduction. <laughs> Let's start that over. No. Okay. No. Fine, fine, Keep fine. Powering through. All right. Um, so yeah, this will probably be most informative uh, to you, Aaron, and to you, Rachel, because otherwise general kind of lack of background knowledge. So that's what this is going to kind of going to go into that a little. Um, comic books have a long storied history in the United States that I feel need to be understood because ultimately Watchmen is a critique on the comic book industry itself, on the mm. superhero genre in particular. Um, so I'm going to see if I can find an example, but I don't think I have one. But growing up, uh, looking on uh, at the grocery store shelves, and well, actually, I don't know. Maybe Rachel and uh, Shark didn't see comic book shelves because there was a point where they Yeah, no, you're right. That disappeared. Like, yeah, no, disappeared. they weren't on. That disappeared. 95, like, yeah, 96, stores, I think. Don't think so. Say that again. I said that that like disappeared around like 95 or 96. Yeah, Rachel, could you repeat what you oh, said? Oh, sorry. Also? Yeah, I was just, I don't think I ever saw them. I mean, what were they like in between cookie, the cookie boxes or like where where in the grocery <laughs> like, store are you talking about? I well, always saw them entire... up front, like when you're yeah. going to the checkouts, like I would, yeah, when I was a kid, uh, I remember seeing like Archie uh, comics. Oh, also, where they put their magazines to make me mad yes, now? There, yeah. there were yeah. there yeah. there used to be entire magazine sections in the com- in the uh, excuse me in the grocery store. That's yeah. where I got my first issue of Nightwing. In fact, it was issue number one, and I was like, "Oh my god, my first issue number one!" And I almost have the entire series, but mm-hmm. I digress. Um, there yeah, was okay. a time when comic books were store uh, sold. Um, at well, I guess in the U.S. you don't have news agents, but yeah, you'd get them kind of anywhere. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Convenience stores, uh, even music store like CD yeah. uh, shops and things. Anywhere there was a magazine rack, you would often find a comic book. And in the top right-hand corner was a little stamp um, yes. that yep. has uh, the letter A, kind of in the shape of a star, with the letter <clears throat> C as its crossbar. Aaron, did you do you remember that? Yeah, the it, that's the comics code authority thing, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And Shark uh, and Rachel, did you ever see that? Are you are you familiar with? This sounds vaguely familiar to me. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I've ever noticed it. Yeah, I like I, I said, I don't have any comic books on me prior to that. I don't think, but I do have a little. I have a little pile. Here when did that on. stop? So I'm not certain. Aha, here it is. Here on this cover of Alf from marvel (laughs) yeah you can see it like right there Mm. so that little stamp as uh aaron mentioned is uh, the official mark of the of approval from what was called the comics code authority and the cca as i'm going to be calling it it was came out of a result of a book called seduction of the innocent that's right right subtitled the influence of comic book on today's youth it was published in 1954 Oh, you're gonna so, love this, Shark. If you're you've ever read um, the the Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, yes, yeah, this has a lot to do with that book. Oh, okay, uh, wait, really? 
Yeah. So that book is, um, it's Michael Chabon wrote this book. That's kind of a riff on um, the guys who came up with Superman. And it's about these two Jewish kids in New York in the fifties. Yeah. And they're making up their own comic. And it's a lot about like the comics code and like making comics and interesting how it's how these guys were trying to make something literary out of like a kid's thing. Kids, uh, so like I, I know yeah what i know about comics is weirdly divorced from comics themselves and you it's know through, the background <laughs> stuff yeah and it's through stuff like cavalier and clay that's amazing that's yeah. interesting no that's really that. cool because yeah. yeah same i i love that I, I i don't know what it's like to be on the outside of comic you know what i mean yeah similar to always been else, part of like, it. exactly i was um, on a date with someone the other night and they were we were talking about sports for some reason and they were like mm. you know a lot about sports do you watch sports and i was like no <laughs> and they were like what do you like about it and i was like i like sports statistics they're like you're a you like a mess so surprising <laughs> they're like you're a fucking freak and i was like you i'm weirdo. sorry and i'm glad to know that this is how you know about comics aaron <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's amazing <laughs> all right so going back to seduction of the innocent you're a fucking freak fucking weirdos. i love it um seduction of the innocent it was published in 1954 uh it was written by a psychiatrist uh and author named uh dr frederick wortham or vertham i don't fucking know um but you know german name uh, might get a bit sketchy here you don't okay. have to get them right they know what they did yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> So 1954, uh, Seduction of the Innocent was this hugely, possibly surprisingly um, influential pop psychology treatise. Uh, It alleged that the material found uh, in popular comic books at the time, like horror, true crime, romance, and even superheroes, of course, uh, were direct causes of juvenile delinquency. Oh, fucking God. <laughs> Where have we heard that before? Yeah, good to know this existed before video games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's Movies. this great quote that I like lives in my brain. Um, the children now love luxury. They have bad manners and contempt for authority. Who do you think said it? It's fucking Socrates. It's been the same complaint. What? Since ancient Greece, <laughs> it's like with every guy's the same fucking guy. This person has existed it's amazing. for like four thousand yeah. years. There is there is nothing that unites humans throughout history as much as shitting on the the newest generation. Yeah, the youths. Fuck kids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the youths. The I hate the youths. youths. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. So that the uh, the exact same kind of media hype and attention to to video games in the 1990s and like Mortal Kombat and stuff. Yeah, um, it was the same thing with comic books in the 50s. And um, so what happened was the comic book industry essentially got broken up um, in a way similar to how we wish the banks got broken up after the recession. <laughs> Um, or also, you know, the, the, in the 90s, uh, with the video games, you got the ESRB, the ratings board, um, which assigned ratings to video games in much the same way that the, uh, the movies, the MPAA, MPAA, thank you, um, has its own rating system. Yeah. Um, and also that, well, that also came about at the same time as, uh, Tipper Gore's thing about violent yes. music oh yeah yeah oh yeah which yeah. is why you have the parental advisory stamp With, on yes things the coolest <laughs> thing you can put on now oh yeah 
D. Snyder is sitting in front of in this congressional hearing and he's like giving shit to Tim Gordon. It's yeah. kind of the best thing. Um, but yeah, so the same thing, Seduction of the Innocent. It had a, a Senate subcommittee on uh, juvenile delinquency, as it was called, in which Wortham appeared as a witness and um, went through the whole range of everything that could possibly be wrong with kids. If there was if, if there was a stabbing involved, that was because EC Comics, uh, Entertainment Comics, Comics, comic book publishers are weird because they usually put the letter C in the title of their publishing company, but the C stands for comics. So you have EC Comics, which is Entertainment Comics, Comics, and then you have DC <laughs> Comics, which is Detective Comics, Comics. Yep. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway. And then action comics, comics. Action comics, comics. Well, action comics and detective comics emerged. Yeah. yeah. It it feels Soviet. Like the People's Political (laughs) Action Committee for Political Action or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Or anyone who says ATM machine. It's like, ATM stands for machine. (laughs) Rube. Um, You country hick. Around the same time, the Hayes Code was kind of administered, I think, or uh, I think that was actually, but roughly around the same time. So, you you know, you're you're seeing this kind of push for censorship on American media um, to maintain uh, so-called American values, right? Um, So the CCA was developed to uh, restrict content and subject matter in comic books. And this included, but uh, was not limited to, depictions of excessive violence cleavage and and this is the best god forbid this is the best one disrespect towards authority figures yeah not allowed not allowed not allowed not allowed at all those are the only three good things (laughs) i know (laughs) boobs vandalism (laughs) violence yeah and disrespect towards authority that's yep. uh, that's all you need those in life are, yeah those are what is conan what is man. best in life yeah, this uh, repo man is the perfect movie because yes. exactly, yeah. exactly 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 i heard this one quote about disrespect like disrespect disrespecting authority and in my mind now i just auto translate it to like disobeying the authority because it's not respect like yeah. you're not giving it's, exactly. it's obeying yeah exactly you can't, you can't force someone to respect you going back to our they live episode <laughs> oh yeah i haven't yeah. listened to it yet smiling simon as, as the <laughs> there's a great anarchist argument i think it was by the lead singer of chumbawamba or one of the oh, singers yes. of chumbawamba <laughs> i think they said something like never do what you are told which is one of their songs but this is from an interview because like if someone's telling you what to do it means that they like don't have your best interests at heart so exactly. anytime anyone tells you to do anything don't do it which yep. <laughs> appealed to me greatly <laughs> <laughs> i need to listen to chumbo one of these days beyond play. just their that you know Top the big open. pop single they yeah. fucking rule um pretty good like pretty weird good. british folk yeah i do actually yeah, I, uh, yeah. Qu- quite uh quite a lot anyway I, I could go into my record collection but yeah. we'll get to that later <laughs> after the episode um so okay but there's one there's one that's the bonus of- content for our patreon subscribers Fuck yeah! Let's do it. Let's do it. For only a dollar a month, you can listen, you can you can listen to Johnny talk about their uh, fucking records. <laughs> Aaron's mom really wants to hear us talk about British folk from the seventies. Absolutely. Hi, Aaron's mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> 
Okay, okay, okay. Back to the thing. The CCA, right? It had one code in particular that was uh, extremely influential and it was important to, to Watchmen in particular. It reads as follows, quote, In every instance, good shall triumph over evil and the criminal punished for his misdeeds. That was a requirement to have a comic book on the shelf. If Jesus. any, if there was any kind of fight going on, it would have had to be between a fig, a, some kind of authority figure against somebody who was doing something very, very bad. And the bad guy was never allowed to get away with it. You know, like yelling at a baby. Yeah. Or <laughs> looking at cleavage. Or looking yeah, at cleavage. Or looking at cleavage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like old boy <laughs> where he has the hammer and there's like the arrow. Or you see the line going to the guy's head, but instead of that, it's like the bad guy, and it's like a red dotted line going yeah. to cleavage. And then Batman <laughs> exactly. comes out of frame and just kicks yeah. him in the head. Kicks yeah. him right in the fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> Quit staring at boobs. That'll teach you, kid. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh so this was, you know, pretty par for the course. Um, the CCA, that is, uh every comic book published in the united states until the 97 um so you're yeah. you're talking a good how do i math uh you know like 20 some odd years of just and even then by the time you get to the 1970s you had what were called underground comics comics spelled c-o-m-i-x and they were you know really short runs usually self-published um titles that were sold directly to comic book stores which were becoming more and more of a thing um so the kind of silver lining with the whole cca thing was that it did introduce the direct market for comic books um and that provided or began to provide a bit of wiggle room um, which we'll get to very soon because um 1970s comic book stores Publishers could get away with more uh, taboo stuff. And by the time you get to the 1980s, self-publishing comic books was huge. It was through the roof. You had books like Cerberus. No, excuse me, Cerebus. Uh, I don't. Anyway, Dave Cerebus. Yeah, the guy sucks. So you can read it okay. out of interest for like historical purposes, but he's a huge misogynist. Um, etc. Actually, before this, I also listened to part one of the two-parter. Uh, what happened to the Dilbert guy on Behind the Bastards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was really yeah. good because I had that book. That there <laughs> oh, was the one, the Scott Adams, like, yeah, I'm the best thing. Yeah, it was uh, it was like an extended intro of how great he was and how yeah. lucky he was to become a comic book or a comic strip artist. Um, and then it was followed by all uh, some comics. So I had that. Um, but OK, you know, we all make mistakes. Yeah. You know, sometimes. There's a colorful comic strip in the Sunday funnies and you just read it because it's a comic strip and you yeah. don't realize that the person behind it is a piece of shit. Yeah. So. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I told when it I was listening happens. to those, those episodes about the Dilbert guy, they're like, mm -hmm. what did he do? Oh, who is he? Like they're, you know, no idea. Yeah. Like it's yeah. blaming, you know, blaming affirmative action for anything that went wrong in your life personally <laughs> is just the fun. It's, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> a real winning human being that guy exactly. yeah yep, winner yep. so okay so now we're we're in the 1980s oh t oh teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> yeah fucking it's i cannot I mean, they're, wait they're a bunch of friendly turtle men right yes, they're they, friendly with, yeah friendly neighborhood turtle men yeah this is the turtle tub yeah um, that's the name of the guy 
Yep. Um, no. Turtle Top. <laughs> Hiram Turtle Top. Uh, <laughs> New York City. We love pizza. I'm so looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, the original Splendor was just an old Jewish man who lived in the <laughs> in the sewers with them. The you can't go out and fight crime tonight. It's Shabbos. The actual oh, Splinter is just an old Jewish man who lives in the sewers <laughs> with them. He's just also a rat. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. That, that got into oh, man. That, that that connection. <laughs> yeah. I just, there is Aaron, you did it. You did it. I, I didn't think it. about it until it was highlighted. That we have just birthed a white supremacist comic. <laughs> Please do not make this parody comic. Anyway. Okay. 1980s. Had a lot going on for the comic book industry. Um, the direct market was starting to boom. And also, DC Comics purchased... Or no. DC Comics uh, uh, got Dick Giordano, this uh, editor of this other comic book company called Charlton Comics, brought him over to uh they poached him brought him over to dc and dick brought with him a bunch of characters from charlton comic okay with me so far question and yes those i I originally had a big list of who they all were but suffice to say that uh it was about six characters that came over actually it was more than that but it doesn't these characters were all created by steve ditko who is famous for co-creating spider-man with he sh- who shall not be named Stanley. Um, <laughs> okay, so Dick Giordano comes Spiling over. Stan here, Excelsior. Excelsior. Fuck you. Anyway, I hate that guy so much. <laughs> right. Do you so, want to explain why why we hate Stanley? For I know Rachel's like giving the smile of like I don't know what oh they're talking. God. Yeah, like. <laughs> Basically, he took a rapacious capitalist mind to the comics history. Well, it's so much worse. So it is. It's so much worse. So he when when Marvel Comics was kind of coming up when they were starting out, he would put his name on every character that um, was created under his sort of supervision. He was really an editor, but he labeled himself as a writer simply because he would come up with the scenario of the of the issue. Uh, of you know whatever monthly issue so let's say x-men uh they were gonna fight magneto this month that was pretty much the whole scenario and then he would pass it over to the artist jack kirby usually uh steve ditko also and they would be the ones to draw the entire issue write all the dialogue and then that would get passed to oh and then ink it um which then would get passed over to the color and then that would get printed and of course, Stan Lee would slap his name on there at the end of it all, saying that he created it. Um, a lot of this has since kind of been retroactively fixed, where, uh, you know, it'll say uh, the Incredible Hulk co-created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, mm-hmm. Spider-Man co-created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Um, but for the entire course of uh, Stan Lee's life, uh, that wasn't always the case. Um, whereas the artists, the people who did the actual work, uh, Kirby and Ditko, um, respectively, Kirby died not penniless, but he certainly wasn't as famous, certainly not as wealthy as Stan Lee, who again 
simply this, said to be clear this have, is pretty have, common across the like it's kind of it's i think yeah. it was bob kane died in basically bob the kane, same state uh, bob kane yeah he slapped batman his name on batman um when it was really bill finger who did yeah. the majority of the work bob kane also did a lot of he loved to trace he did a lot of tracing so uh he was just ripping everybody off left and right but um in the early days of comic books contracts didn't quite so there's always been this and it's still to this day they've been this kind of nebulous area of like who owns what in comic Mm -hmm. books and um you may go into it later but like one of the reasons all these imprints exist is mm because people like alan moore or other creators got tired of this and started forming their own houses that were artist owned or co-ops or whatever adjacent um image comics comes from that yeah Um, i think dark horse does too no not quite Okay. Dark Horse started simply as an independent publisher yeah. or independent non-superheroes. In, in my more insane days, I tried to pitch. Uh, do you remember my thing, The Wandering Jew? Yes. I tried to I pitch love that. that. <laughs> that was, really? Yeah. So Dark Horse? Yeah. Oh, I that would have been so Never bad. heard a damn word from that. <laughs> it was an action story uh, about the wandering jew so an immortal jewish man who goes around killing anti-semites he's yeah jacked and yeah goes around doing punching yeah fun stuff but okay so let's get back to dc comics dc comics is is what's known as one of the big two in the Mm -hmm. comic book industry there's marvel comics which everybody is of course familiar with no thanks to the marvel cinematic universe and of course dc comics no thanks to the dc entertainment universe well i think like dc is a weirder one because like they have more established movies certainly more established batman you know um, superman and batman Batman. lie under dc's purview um uh, and then of course you got suicide squad justice league and everything Mm. else like that um dc has all this weird other stuff though because of acquisitions in Mm the 60s i believe they acquired a lot of the ec comics characters and then in the 80s as we're discussing they acquired charlton um and again they brought with them dick giordano so dick giordano he hired this newer british author comic book writer called alan moore and put him on a book called saga of the swamp thing swamp thing is this wonderful horror not about that yeah that's right dc has like all these great horror titles that are often kind of overshadowed by the fucking superhero spandex shit yeah um (laughs) and it's it's bullshit yeah sandman which is now on netflix is a dc title as well that's right um, and it itself was an adaptation of an earlier, uh, earlier characters. So, okay. So we got the players kind of in place now. Giordano is the editor, Alan Moore's writing Swamp Thing. And he, as he's finishing Swamp Thing, um, or actually as he's working on Swamp Thing, DC just realized, Hey, we don't need to follow the CCA as long as we sell, sell this through the direct market, strictly exclusively through the comic book store. And so Alan Moore then was able to, <laughs> through Saga of the Swamp Thing, he was able to um, tell some much darker stories that involve far worse consequences for the characters involved in uh, in his in his stories. Um, and and so really elevating the horror and kind of bringing back the old 
uh, 1940s, 1950s, really horror comics. So would you horror. say that Alan Moore was the A24 of comics? Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. That was a great analogy. I love that. Yeah. I got a brain. I got smarts. <laughs> he's the uh, he's the hereditary of comics. Yep. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. The the midsummer. The midsummer. <laughs> If anyone says the witch, I'm gonna slap. <laughs> no, it's it's the it's witch. Just witch. It's, it's, it's witch. two. No, it's witch. two V's. It's witch. The witch. Shut up. The witch. I hate you forever now. <laughs> I think I've declared that so many times over the oh, yeah. twenty. It's some infinite. Yeah. <laughs> An infinite. I fucking hate times. you forever now. So, <laughs> okay. So Giordano and Moore, they're working together. Moore's like, I kind of, I'm done with Swamp Thing now. I've sent him all the way to fucking outer space. I don't know what else to do with this comic book character. Can I do something else? And Jordan was like, sure. In fact, here's an idea. I brought in all these other comic book characters from Charlton. Why don't you take these guys and do something with them? And so Alan Moore's like, okay, uh, can I do something where, you know, they die? And uh, a lot of bad shit happens to them in going as far as uh, S.A. and uh, uh, even, you know, just just world ending type shit. Giordano says no, um, but you can base new characters off of these pre-existing characters. Just kind of twist them up a little bit, give them some new names and some new costumes and we'll be good to go. So Alan Moore says, let's fucking do it. Okay, so Watchmen is born, and uh, as I've kind of already touched upon, it's a book and it's oozing with dark adult themes that, up until that point, hadn't been seen in mainstream comics, kind of ever. Um, certainly, it was seen in the the independents and the mm. self published titles, yes, but as far as mainstream, you know, big two, didn't see it at all. So uh, everyone's with me so far. I just want to check in real yeah. fast. Okay. Yeah, cool. Okay, so that the theming, the characters that already kind of makes Watchmen stand out um, within the DC kind of purview. I keep getting, I'm going to use that word a lot because it just, I don't know why. The oeuvre of DC comics. Um, you know, there was a specific length and there was realism to it, which you didn't see at all, really, at this point. Okay. Um, and totally, this is when things are still. What era of like Batman, Flash, Superman is this? Is this like so, Silver Age stuff? Like what's no. what's the re what's the tone of the rest of DC? Silver stuff? Age. When we talk about comic books, you've got the Bronze Age, which is everything up to the nineteen late nineteen thirties. The Golden Age, um, which is the nineteen thirties to into the late fifties, early nineteen sixties. Okay. Silver Age is 1960s into the 70s and early 80s but right now we're 1986 actually okay. it's being written illustrated in 1985 it doesn't the first issue doesn't get published until uh september 1986 and another thing that makes it significant is that well i did say that its length is significant it only ran for 12 issues it, yep. that's called a limited series um and they also went as far as calling it a maxis which kind of weird because maxi pad but whatever um <laughs> but this is interesting too because in comic books uh you don't have things like a definitive beginning middle and end you yep. have a definitive beginning the origin story it's always there 
the middle. I don't know that that applies anymore because everything gets rebooted all the time. Well, it does, but then it also then gets retconned and rebooted. By the way, yeah, yeah. real fast. And what's retconned... like a normal? What's the normal length of a if twelve um, issues are considered a limited series? What is more? So the common beautiful? comic book. Thank you for asking. The comic book length generally is what's simply called an ongoing series, and there is no end okay. in sight. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man, that specific title, because there are, I think four or five different Spider-Man titles, the amazing Spider-Man, I think just hit number 400. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So it, 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 the idea is that, well, it's not the idea, but intellectual property franchises, you see where this is going. You can make endless money by staying yep. in the middle of the story. You know, yeah. every now and again, you'll have what's called a retcon, which uh, is a portmanteau of retroactive continuity. What that means is that the character it's themselves may go back in time and change their own origin story. Um, this was most famous in The Flash, where he ran so fast that he went back in time <laughs> and struck himself in his lab as he was working and in created himself. He became the lightning bolt that created the flash and and you're talking about the uh newest movie that got such rave reviews right i refuse to see that movie <laughs> and also anything with ezra miller in it ever again yeah no, dude every time i see a non-binary person doing something that that guy does it's like you're fucking it up for everybody fucking it up for everyone. <laughs> like we all have to be cool for minimum oh. 10 years to not get cool <laughs> on just be yeah. fucking cool Ezra Miller does no, yeah. We need to talk about Henry. Was not a not a fictional film. Yeah, <laughs> so we need to talk about Kevin. We need Kevin, to talk about yeah, Kevin. thank you. So, it's thanks. a great movie. Combine that I, with Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I yes, think. yeah, <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah. So this is how comic books are going. It's just ongoing yeah. stories, ongoing stories. Watchmen decided, okay, we're gonna have beginning, middle, end. 12 issues, and that's it. Open, shut case oh. uh, for now. Any. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. is it open so, and shut case till they cut the first check and then you're like oh fuck exactly we'll get to that um also with comic books there's like a revolving door of artists and writers yep. working on one title at any given time so artists and writers as a team as a creative team usually encompass what's called an arc a story a specific story arc within an ongoing series so for example yep. uh crisis on infant no that's a terrible example actually um well i i without getting I, into specifics like cable and deadpool that had like yeah. a specific team working rob liefeld created cable and deadpool and he was the artist on it and i don't know who it was but yeah exactly Wait, so i don't think he, he he didn't do the com the combined run did he i thought that was someone else who was the artist no he created both of them yeah he com he That's created the them but like there was the deadpool solo series, series well they, they that were started with uh what was his name i don't know I don't remember. Joe Joe Quesada, I think, was Is the guy. Quesada? Yeah. And Again, then I don't really read a lot of superhero comics unless there's well, something interesting. It was funny. But and right, that, right, right, yeah. right. But right. to illustrate the point, like there yeah. was a, a specific team working on that. Exactly. Well, and then it went for a bit, and then a different team worked on it. So cable and Deadpool, they showed up first in the pages of X Factor. 
Yeah. 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 They started that and then they both got their own by Rob Liefeld. Right. So exactly. So you'll get characters coming in and out of storylines. You know, you'll have the uncanny X-Men that's going for, I don't know, however many. Yeah. Uh, And they'll be throwing, you know, characters left and right. And it's it's very similar, like the MCU now with all the TV shows and the movies, it's catching up to how comic books as far as the superhero big two comic books are. Um, it's catching right. up to just how they work now. and how There's, you have to like follow different things to understand yeah. what's going on in the they're other just, thing. They're and, throwing shit at you yeah. from left and right. Um, I previously or I briefly mentioned uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, yes. which was this big event thing for DC Comics. And you had Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Everybody's kind of going in there and their regular monthly story is getting interrupted by a bit a part of the overall crisis story that's going on that ultimately gets culminated into like one final showdown or whatever and it's just a giant fucking mess yeah um it's it's very annoying in my the cynical approach that i take is like well this is the way that you can try and drum up sales because yeah. if you get your your main exactly. audience to try exactly and follow it. it, it's like you get it. You got to follow every book. That's no, that's mm-hmm. precisely it. Um, yeah. So long as they keep publishing these characters, they keep extending the copyright. And yeah. then if sales are <laughs> dipping on a particular title, they go, OK, well, let's have uh, Green Lantern uh, kick off a new event series. And so yeah. that kind of shit happens all the time and it's exhausting, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And so that's why Watchmen was like already very significant and influential overall in comic books because it's being published by DC. It's being written by this guy, Alan Moore, who just did Swamp Thing and brought it up out of like kind of obscurity because Swamp Thing before is just like a one-off character mm-hmm. that had a one-off story yeah, back in different. the 70s. And um, so... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. Where was I? Okay. Here's another thing. Prior to Watchmen, any attempts at realizing superheroes, making them real, uh, it was played for laughs, of course, simply on the basis that the whole thing is fucking silly, right? Yeah. You know, Adam West starred as Batman. Uh, in the 70s, you had the Incredible Hulk TV show. Um, both of them very, like, more or less grounded in some kind of reality. Hulk a little more serious and it was in fact very well received but all the same you know you got Lou Ferrigno painted green and he's punching through walls it's ultimately very very ridiculous so length realism these are the two things that Alan Moore um, kind of brought to the table and he wanted more wanted to hone in I think on the ridiculous to try and say something a little more serious about comic books politics um like even, hero worship yeah uh reactionism so yeah um he's asking these questions like what would superheroes do in the real world uh, how would they behave uh and if these superheroes are all american what does that mean for the rest of the world and we'll find out in part three nice thanks end of part three Two, I mean, end of part two. <laughs> part three was the pause. There are 17 parts to yep. the script. <laughs> uh, as I was writing this, I was texting Aaron every so often, freaking out like, I don't know how to condense this. 
This is a 12-issue comic book. You'd think this would be easy. And but my there's... response was always, you got to calm down. <laughs> That's yep. fine. Yep. We've never well, condensed the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, only 800 more pages to go. No, but... and, I mean, uh, I could... This 20 actually... minutes of me talking about Garfield fan art at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and pregnant Sonic comics. You gotta have a segue about those. Pregnant Sonic. Yeah. Um, oh, no, oh, I, will, I will die on the hill of the Garfield fan art being some of the legitimately greatest. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, are you talking about Garfield without Garfield? Uh, in part, I'm also Garfield talking about the Garfield, Garfield arc. Garfield, okay. Uh, there's the, what was it? Starts with a Z Zalo mm. comics. Do you remember those? And they were like all internet comics, and everybody's faces get distorted, and it's all just oh yeah, I think I remember those kind of demon shit. But like, it, yeah. I think that started with Garfield. Yeah. They just like whited out his eyes and then made him into this like yeah. But that's and that but that comes from there was like a multi week Sunday Garfield arc where suddenly like Garfield wakes up and John is missing and he and he's I remember like, trapped that. in the house. Yeah. And like it turns in it like devolves into this horrible, horrible thing for Garfield. And then he just wakes up and it was a bad dream. And it's like, and so that kicked off all this crazy yeah. shit. That was the last time Garfield was ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not a real the, only, the one time comic. Garfield was interesting. <laughs> the one time. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, uh, you know, um Jim Davis was like you know what? Fuck it. I'll. It doesn't have to be funny as long as I can put Garfield on a T-shirt and make and put yeah. suction cups on him so that he can get on someone's car and uh, put him on buttons and whatever else. I don't fuck. Yep. Here we go. Let's fucking go. Let's <laughs> do. Yeah. Um. Do y'all mind if I break and grab some more water? Grab a little more <laughs> yeah. Coffee. That's fine. All right. Yep. Let's cool. take fun. Night. Hello. Hey. I, I've discovered another YouTube channel. Okay. It's Annie Austin. Annie Austin. Annie Austin. Annie. Like oh. any, anything. Any Annie Austin. <laughs> and, okay. And uh, he does these weird like census things of video game towns to determine the unemployment rate. <laughs> and he's got this this series that's like let's drown these characters right? he's just like figuring out how who has the best lung capacity out of various <laughs> characters from video games that's amazing yeah it's really it's cool i wonder how the mushroom kingdom is doing in that uh like um there was one that was oh super mario sunshine i found this oh cool reprints yeah. And anyway. uh, the the town that he went to was like twenty six percent unemployment rate. Skyrim ones are the Skyrim ones are really funny because it's like this it 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 opens up the possibility of role playing a character as a bureaucrat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Going through Riften, trying to determine who is employed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, no one. <laughs> no, no, I'm employed. I made up my own job, though. I had to. <laughs> Have you seen this town? I mean, dude, you know how much I get? I can get for, like, a fucking <laughs> bear pelt? One coin. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> Inflation's through the roof and the exchange rate is insane. <laughs>
the Civil War is destroying the economy of Skyrim. <laughs> oh, Riften, I was, I'm sorry, I thought, yeah, 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 <laughs> that's Skyrim. My yeah. bad. I, I was uh, thinking, um, fuck, what's the name of the town in Witcher 3? Rev, 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 oh, I, you know. Rivia, I, Rivia, I, Rivia, you know, Rivia, I Rivia. Witcher 3. Geralt <laughs> is a plank of wood. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, you I actually know the Witcher wrong. and I like it. Witcher, Witcher games are fun. I yeah, get. I awesome. I just don't like. I I don't like Geralt, and I I hate the bar. He's supposed to be. Oh God, I, Dandelion is. The I most fucking annoying. hate. I want to leave Dandelion Person. in the jail. Yeah, yeah. And every time I get to that point where you have to help this shithead, I'm like, I don't like <laughs> this game. <laughs> it's that's similar to me playing Red Dead Redemption for like the fifth, sixth yeah. time. Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah. Micah, you know, yeah, he, Micah. In I, chapter I, I, two, I, you have to break him out of jail, and it's like that's the last fucking thing I'm doing. In yeah. chapter two, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. But I. No way. I got Micah to the guy. point where the camp is in good shape, and like they're everyone's like stable, and I'm like, I don't want to go anymore Any further, into the yeah. story because it's no. going to go bad because Dutch is calling from me, going to me from across <laughs> the thing. He's like, Arthur. <laughs> Yeah, Arthur, come here. I got a, I got an idea, Arthur. You're still loyal to me, aren't you, Arthur? I'm like Jesus, Dutch, <laughs> fucking needy. What a needy, so bud. You know what I noticed oh. this time round though? Playing in there's a camp convo that happens. Yeah. Dutch, you Dutch and Susan Grimshaw used. To, yeah, and then they broke up or something. He dumped her for Annabelle, and then Annabelle died, and then he just went to Molly. Uh, yeah, to Molly. And then also there are points in the game where he hits on Mary Beth. And it's like, damn, dude, this dude's a fucking cult leader. <laughs> yeah, he, no, he is. Like, Touch is horrible. I don't want to help <laughs> anyone in that camp. No, I like, know. There, well, there are a couple of decent ones, but like, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't I, played the game I, that much. I only just noticed that about Dutch. And Arthur! I know makes... you can hear me, Arthur! <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense as to why Susan shot Molly. Though. Mm, I, I didn't finish the game. I mean, when she uh, shot herself, and I didn't say any of that. I I will not finish the camp. What? I I don't want to see the camp collapse. <laughs> Man, no, you have to. It's the most impactful. Uh, I, I, you know what? I got books. Listen, I got books. I'll read as the, the books. resident liberal. It is important, and we need to talk about Lenny. <laughs> Lenny, Lenny, Lenny. That's the best. That's the best. That part is. Of the whole that is the best, best part of the yeah. game. <laughs> He's drunk looking for Lenny. Everybody looks like Lenny. It's the fucking yeah. best thing in a video game ever. Yeah, that was great. Okay. Okay. This has been uh, a preview of our Patreon side series. Johnny and Aaron talk about <laughs> last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay. All right. I'm ready for to get into part three. We're in part five now. I thought we no, were, we're part only on four part was Red Ted Redemption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Part seven will be okay. The Masters of the Universe movie, okay, with cool, Dolph cool, Lundgren, cool. yeah. And then part nineteen, we'll yeah. <laughs> finally finish the um the the plot synopsis. Man, all right, cool. All right. <laughs> and we'll we'll end the series by Aaron and I arguing about Oppenheimer versus Barbie and both plummeting off the Rock Falls to our death. <laughs> I am so not looking forward to what's going to happen after this have come out. I'm just saying. I, I saw happening. Oppenheimer yesterday. I liked it a lot. I saw I Barbie will, yesterday. It was fun. I'm sure incredible. they're. I'm sure yeah, they're I will go see Barbie. I just wanted to go see my. I will. I, I will see, see neither. 
You I won't. will see neither. I will instead right. sit back and watch as the United States I, I further have... collapses into <laughs> oblivion. I have learned my lesson in trying to talk to people about Christopher Nolan. Because yeah, no, don't do it. Don't even fucking, fucking They have opinions oh, about oh, Christopher oh, Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they regardless do. of what side you are or what they're on, yeah. it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> I was... Uh... I was hanging out with someone in the bar the other night and we got to talk about movies and they were like, you're going to go see Oppenheimer? And I was like, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> no. It's a very Jewish movie. That's what me. Is Einstein if, in it? If Einstein is in it. Fuck and yeah. if you don't okay, like I'm, Oppenheimer, I'm that means you're an anti-Semite. Yep. Oh, yep. Those yeah, are the rules. Yeah, yeah. Those are the rules. Famed Jewish person, Cillian Murphy. <laughs> real, real Jewish name. Killian. It's Killian. Whatever. Whatever. He used to spell to pronounce his name right because he's a <laughs> Oppenheimer. Because he's Irish or because yeah. he was working with because he's an Are you anti-Irish or yeah, yeah. anti anybody associated with Nolan? Anybody associated with Nolan coming okay, out soon. <laughs> silly and Murphy, Christy on Bale. Philly Ann Murphy. Christy and Bale. I don't know who that is. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I didn't get that either. Uh, that's fantastic. That's okay, okay. <laughs> Let's get into part three. Dog carcass. <laughs> this was... <laughs> Close your ears, Barry. Yeah. Uh, oh. oh God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this was this was the hardest part to write because this is the plot synopsis. Okay. And <laughs> and watching so... it objectively stated sounds insane. Yeah. yeah. If you've only seen the film, you're like, you're probably thinking, well, this can't be that hard, you know, bunch of punch ups. There was a prison break at one point and then uh, everything go boom. Right. Eh, it's a little more complicated than that in the book. But I'm trying I try, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this as simple and as brief as possible. We can just get on <laughs> with it. Get on but, to part 33. Yeah. Plot exactly. synopsis part two. Yes. Um, so, okay. So uh, imagine it's New York City and it's 1985. And a broken window from a high-rise penthouse, blood on the sidewalk below. Source of blood, one Edward Blake. Uh, inside the penthouse, a couple of detectives are reviewing the crime scene. They're unsure of who Blake really is, uh, nor why he was heaved out of his glass tower. The superintendent uh, on the ground floor is washing the blood off the street with a hose. A homeless man with a sign that reads, the end is nigh, steps over the blood without a care in the world. There's a yellow smiley face pin badge in the blood and a streak of blood is on the badge that resembles the hour hand of a clock pointing to 11. That's just the first page. <laughs> so, but I thought pictures were worth a thousand words. So on page number two. <laughs> Again, I'm trying to make this brief. <laughs> there is practically a thousand words I could write about this fucking page alone, but I'm not. I, I, I eventually I would like to see the unedited script. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be grateful that I didn't even bother to talk about the formatting or the grids or the paneling in this comic <laughs> the document book. size of the of the unedited the, uh, script is 17 gigabytes yeah no it's like eight thousand words ten thousand cool. words something like that for the second version of this script yeah. so uh <laughs> and i boiled it down to i think i chopped it down to five or six that so there's a lot but anyway so 
there, there we go. So we got uh, it's a mystery, right? Watchmen is a mystery story. Who is Edward Blake and why is he dead? Um, the captions, who killed Laura Palmer? Who killed Laura Palmer? Exactly. Um, so okay, the captions, and if you don't know, you know, the captions are the big boxes of text that usually uh, serve as like narration. Uh, they are they come from a, the journal of a guy who calls himself Rorschach, and he calls himself this because his mask resembles a Rorschach inkblot test where there's like pools of ink on either side of the face and they're constantly moving and shifting around, um, always in sync with one another, always symmetric. Um, so it, it, Rorschach, he's our detective and he's going to solve the case. All right. Everyone with me so far? No. So, yep. No. Okay. Aaron, Rorschach. Rorschach. So it's a roaring shack. Exactly. Horshack, like welcome back, Yell, Yell Hut. <laughs> this is the second, possibly third welcome back, Cotter reference, and I refuse. No one knows what that is. I do. Yeah, Johnny I do. Knows. I've watched it on Nick at Night. Yep. That's oh, where John Travolta oh. got his start. Yep. Yeah. Mr. Signed Cotter. Epstein's mother. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Oh, no, no. all right. <laughs> Let's get back to the story. All right. Okay. I'm only talking about issue one and then I'm going to blast into the rest of it. So after the cops have left Rorschach, he uses like a little uh, grappling hook thing to climb the side of the building like Batman in the 66 TV show. Hops into Edward Blake's apartment. He's looking around and he finds the costume of a superhero called the comedian. So what does that mean? Edward Blake is the comedian. Okay. Bump, bump. Right? So Rorschach figures, well, shit, someone just offed the comedian. So I need to go and tell the other superheroes in New York City that someone is killing superheroes. Okay? So that's kind of where we... That, that's the launching point. And through this first issue, we're, of course, introduced to Rorschach. He's our detective. Uh, at the time of this issue, we don't know who he is. Real name, un Okay. And then uh, I'm just going to list our characters here, our main players. Number two, we got Edward Blake, alias the comedian, former U.S. government agent, deceased. Number three, we meet Dan Dryberg, alias Night Owl. He's a well-to-do inventor and ornithologist, which means he studies birds. Boy. He likes birds. Mm, what can I say? Sense. Night Owl yeah. likes birds. Yeah. He likes the like, birds. It would be like if Batman studied bats. Uh, but he doesn't. <laughs> Batologist. Batologist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, uh, okay, now we've got Adrian Veidt, uh, alias Ozymandias, possibly the world's smartest man. I take issue with, but we can get to that. Ooh, I don't think takes. He Yeah. Uh, he's also incredibly well. Number five, Dr. Manhattan, formerly known as John Osterman. He can manipulate atoms. He's the only one with actual superpower, okay? Yep. Which the movie fucks up. Anyway, number six. Does it? Yeah. Well, uh, we, I might talk about it. Okay. I don't remember Number that, six. That's fine. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You don't have to remember it. <laughs> yeah. Um, lastly, we have Lori Jaspechik. I hope I'm saying that right. I mean, she'll write in and let us know if yeah. you yeah. get it wrong. But yeah, Lori Jaspechik, alias Silk Spectre. And she is the girlfriend of Dr. Manhattan. By the way, Dr. Manhattan is the big, if for 
listeners or anyone who hasn't read the comic or seen the film is a big naked blue guy and he yeah. glows because he if has you, all these if you've seen powers. the comic panel of a blue man sitting on a rock on a rock saying yeah. i am tired of this earth yeah <laughs> of it these comes, people it, it comes this from is this. the constant thing that's going through my brain yeah, i thought that was it, you aaron it is <laughs> yeah yeah that comes from the issue that fucked me up as a teenager yeah. <laughs> as a christian teenager yeah uh you know because i was like wait a minute there's more to life than god and uh and going to heaven Fuck. I think this is how our podcast gets banned from Why? saudi oh, <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> oh well damn i was really vying for that saudi market yeah right? I, th- right. I thought we were gonna be yeah. big in saudi arabia yeah yeah <laughs> If there's one thing the Saudis love, it's the gays and the Jews. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, as the as this issue, this comic book, the, the issue of the comic rather, um, as it plays out, we learned that uh, in 1977, within the universe of the comic book, uh, masked vigilantes, uh, superheroes, were outlawed by something called the Keen Act. Um, it also forced superheroes to either disclose their true identities or go underground. Edward Blake dis- chose to disclose his identity and became a government agent because why do anything if not work for the state, right? This um, is kind of the premise of uh, the Civil War arc. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marvel Civil War, not yep. not not the American War. No, I thought that <laughs> was that's what I was Civil talking War about. Or was, the English Civil War. <laughs> no, I was talking about the American Civil War. Is that not? <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's no. how it went down. Oh, okay. Um, Weird. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so everyone's got to go into hiding. Um, Rorschach, of course, refuses. We'll find out more later as to why he. Does. Dan also refuses to disclose his true identity. Um, the other two who choose to uh, say, fuck it, yeah, we'll, we'll let just everybody know, is, of course, Dr. Manhattan, because it doesn't fucking he's matter. Blue. He's God, essentially. <laughs> he's blue, yes. Yeah. There's a line Mainly because the... his, he got kicked out of the blue man group. Yeah. 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 You know. Yep. He's not a gig. <laughs> he's in, this, in this universe, the blue man group is really just a uh, barbershop quartet that are yeah. big fans of Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, this is a okay. deep cut equivalent with Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, I was going to say people don't know the Blue Man Group, but yeah, people don't know the Blue Man Group. <laughs> Nobody knows the Blue Man Group anymore. Aaron. I know them from Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. There we go. I knew, I knew somebody had to have watched that show on this podcast. Okay, so Dan. Uh, okay, so we got Rorschach. We got Dan. They won't disclose their identities. We got uh, Edward Blake. He's dead. We got Dr. Manhattan because he's essentially a god. There's a line in the comic book that goes, uh, God is real and he is American. Um, We have Adrian Veidt who also takes off the mask because he's filthy rich and he can do whatever the fuck he wants, of course. And then, of course, there's Lori who doesn't really have a secret identity to begin with because her mom was the original Silk Spectre who unmasked way back in the 40s anyway and used it to kind of further her sort of celebrity career she had a manager uh she was in movies she was a singer dancer you know kind of did the whole thing um and kind of shoved the identity of silk specter onto her daughter uh, and that comes into play later. so yeah so there we go we got two underground superheroes and adrian and three living um out superheroes it is queer coded 
this this comic is very <laughs> queer by the way so um but okay so we, i just want to check in again so that's our I, setup does everybody understand what's going on so far who the major players are what's kind of happening yep. we've got a conspiracy someone's going around potentially killing all the superheroes of which there are only six left there was another group of superheroes in the 40s but we won't really get into it. it's important to a larger discussion but not here okay um so i noticed something while i was reading this about the structure uh it's 12 issues You've got 32 pages per issue. You got nine panels per page. And uh, that's kind of as far as I'm going there. But, uh, and then overall, the story is in four acts plus an epilogue. So every three issues is uh, sort of works out to being one of the story. And then there's a five, I think I wrote it here five, but I think it's actually six epilogue at the very, very tail end. Um <clears throat> Let's see. I don't want to talk about the, the layout because it's too much. Uh, okay, so here we go. We're just <laughs> going to go down into like act one, two, three, four, and then the yeah. epilogue as to kind of just what happens. So obviously there are spoilers. If you've never read the book, I highly recommend doing so. You can uh, also get Watchmen mm -hmm. for free online because Alan Moore rocks. Yes, you can read it for free. Um, oh, there's. I if you you can uh there's a motion comic uh which is like a sort of animatic of the comic book so if you have like oh. hbo max or whatever you can kind of watch the comic as it were um just as it plays out directly on screen so if you don't really hmm. feel like uh but I, I i do recommend reading it and i also highly recommend reading it with john higgins colors instead of whatever new colors that they have in there because this for some reason happens with reprinting old comic books from the eighties is they do the colors again, which doesn't make any fucking sense to me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. It's a terrible practice and I wish it would stop, but I'm not <laughs> yep. going to talk. So spoilers ahead. Let's fucking go. Hey, Hey everyone. This is editing Bay Aaron. Uh, I just wanted to drop in and let you know that the first cut of this episode was going to be well over three hours. And, you know, I like to view myself and everyone else on the podcast as merciful people, and, um, that's too much. So I have uh, made the executive decision. I have uh, decided to embrace authoritarianism and uh, chop it up a bit. So we're ending this episode on, uh, you know, everyone's ex uh, telling you, imploring you to go read Watchmen. Uh, you should. Great comic book. Uh, don't just watch the movie. Don't cheat. I know you're going to want to cheat, but don't cheat. So go read Watchmen, and then uh, tune in in a couple of weeks for part two, where we go through in a, uh, you know, a substantial amount of detail uh, the plot of uh, the, the, the comic. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks.